lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and I could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, here we go. Welcome, everybody, to the second episode of the Iconic Auctions live stream preview. This is the official auction preview showcase of Iconic Auctions on Sports Cards Live. It is Wednesday night, August the 30th, 2023, and my name is Jeremy Lee. Let's bring out our co-host for the evening, none other than the president of Iconic Auctions, Jeff Wolf. Welcome back, buddy. How are you? Doing good, Jer. How are you? I am doing good. I am doing good. I got to say, this is the second time we're doing this. I'm so excited to be doing it again. I, I'm looking forward to learning about some of these items. It was a great a great experience last time. I got great feedback from people who cool. just were happy to learn about so many of the items that you offer on Iconic, all the, the amazing categories. It's it's so much different for me from sports cards usually, but I love to learn about these things and dive right in, as does the audience. So we're going to do that. Before we do, I got to ask you, how was the National? Have you recovered from that weekend yet? National was great. Um, I don't know if I fully recovered yet. We're, what, a month out, basically? I think uh, with the National was technically, yeah, the last day was uh, a month ago. And, man, it's just such uh an undertaking and then for us you know there's all that post-auction melee and following up with leads we got there and everything but it's all good you know i mean it was all good stuff but uh the crazy thing about the national was i i feel like i walked like 20 miles but i still saw only like 10 percent of the show yeah it was it was it was massive this year Five hundred eighty thousand square feet was my understanding. Next year, we're back to Cleveland. Haven't been there for a while. And I think yeah. it's going to be like 460,000 square feet. It's going to be a little bit smaller than Chicago was this year, but it's going to still be the second biggest national of all time because wow. they added 200,000 square feet to Chicago this year, that new room at the back, which you probably didn't even get to, did you? Barely, barely. I mean, I, I made a couple pit stops in each room, but as far as walking down the aisles, I mean, I talked to people that were just collect. I talked to collectors that were just there walking and they would get, you know, tied up in transactions and stuff. And they even told me guys that were there the full five days didn't go the entire length of the show. So, you know, I mean, it was just, it was, uh, it seemed overwhelming at times, you know, just kind of going through it. Like there's so much going on there now. Yeah, there, there really was. I came by your booth a couple of times. Great booth yeah. as always, all the items on display. None of which are, I shouldn't say, I don't think any of which are on auction tonight. That was the yeah. national, the July auction. Tonight we're here to showcase the August auction on Iconic Auctions, the August 2023 version of your auction. And uh, we've got 15 items that we've selected to, to really look at and dive into and yeah. get your, your descriptions of it. I mean, it's one thing to go onto a, an auction house's website and read the text and look at the pictures and maybe, maybe not place a bit. It's another thing to join a show like this, watch the, the president of the auction house, Mr. Jeff Wolf himself kind of like be passionate about the items because you love this stuff and, and that's, what's going to shine through. But also I look at these as an opportunity for you to help educate, 
you know, your customers that are joining us tonight, as well as my built-in sport, the sports cards live audience that I've spent three and a half years building. I'm excited for them and for myself to learn and see some cool items that are more outside of our usual sports card wheelhouse, even though you do deal in sports cards too. Over the history of Iconic, what percent, if you can even think of it, what percent of, of lots are sports cards versus other autograph memorabilia and, and items? Hmm. I mean, if I had to quantify it, it would probably be a bit smaller of a number. Although we have sold quite a few um, signed cards uh, and for significant money. I mean, you know, when the market was going crazy, we had a run uh, consigner with a number of Jackie Robinson vintage, you know, 53 tops and uh, I think a uh, I forget the exact years, but uh, a number of signed Jackie Robinsons that went for five figures and kind of rewrote the market. But to answer your question, I would say it probably hovers somewhere in the three to five percent range. Not not terribly big, but, you know, typically when we've done cards, sports cards or, tra or trading cards, we've had a pretty big impact. Yeah, I, I'm sure you remember back in uh what was that October of 2020 when we sold the Charizard for what was that 220, I think, and that kind of set the Pokemon market off into uh, into a frenzy. So, and who did you, you sell know, that to? You sold it to a celebrity buyer. Uh, yeah, we sold it to um, the DJ guy. Uh, the rap one. What Logic was sold Logic. it to Logic. Right. Right. Yeah. Which kind of threw me off because when he registered to bid, his legal name is like um, Sir Robert. Some his his like his literally his first name is Sir. Oh, he's, um, he's and, royalty. And yeah. So when he when he registered to bid, that's kind of what I thought. I'm like, oh, we got some royalty uh, signing up. But then there was a uh, a management company in LA. Their contact information. So in the vetting process you know, we reached out and then discovered it was actually logic. So right. but that well, after that, you know, I mean, you know, the Pokemon market went ablaze. So when we go into sports cards, you know, just kind of, kind of like with our auction in general, we deal in a little bit of everything, but we kind of try and deal with the more cool and significant stuff. I mean, we, we do have more routine stuff. Like we've got the signed Ichiro uh, rookie card, which goes for, you know, a couple hundred bucks in this auction. And we got signed eight by 10 photos, uh, you know, that go for a hundred bucks. But, you know, we really like to kind of have a conglomeration of a bunch of different cool items from all the different genres and then kind of blend it together and make what, what you call iconic. From all, all the different categories, like signed record albums, signed yeah. basketball, signed guitars, signed declarations of independence. I'm kind of pulling yeah. that one out, but presidential stuff. It's, it's super cool. Uh, yeah, it, I love it. I can't wait. We're going to get into it right away, everybody. Let's just welcome Let's Jake Dull. Good to see you, Jake. Says, loving that Beatles sign, please, please me record. Very cool. Todd McDonald, good evening. Glad to have you. And Orlando, a collector's dream. Good to see you in the chat. As always, welcome, everybody. We're going to, so we're going to jump into these and, um, what I'm going to do, first thing I'm going to do, everybody, is I'm going to put into the chat a link to this auction. So if you click on that link, it'll take you right to the auction. It'll actually take you right to this page here that I'm sharing. This is the main page of the August 23 Autographs and Memorabilia Auction on Iconic Auctions, iconicauctions.com. And if you look right under the screen where you're looking, it says 
you can go visit the website to bid, view, and register on the items. The auction that we're looking at tonight, these items close this Saturday, September 2nd. So you've got between now and then to decide if you want to bid. Bid early, bid later, bid at the end, up to you, however you want to do it. But that's when it ends. So I want to bring that to everybody's attention. This is the this is their website. Well, this is the auction site. You can go to the home and see more information about iconic auctions. But basically, you know, this is the format. And we're going to go through several of the lots. And let's jump in, Jeff. Let's do it. Let's start, let's start with the first one. We are going in lot order, everybody. Again, 15 lots, as you can see across the top here. We're going to go one at a time. We're going to start with lot number one, which is the Pink Floyd. It's a rare and desirable group signed Wish You Were Here record album. It's got all sorts of uh, LOAs going on. And I'm going to hover over the pictures. And Jeff, I'm going to let you educate us on this piece and just what's cool about having these four autographs on this album cover. All right. So Pink Floyd is among, you know, you, you think it's kind of, to compare it to baseball, a lot of times people come to me and they'll go, oh, Babe Ruth, he must be a super rare autograph. Now, Babe, you know, signed tens of thousands of autographs. He's not rare, but everybody wants a Babe Ruth autograph. So he's coveted, you know, they're, we'll use arbitrary numbers. Let's say there's 100,000 Babe Ruth autographs in existence, conceivably possible. I haven't crunched any numbers or anything. But literally millions of people would want to own uh, Babe Ruth autographs. And even within the hobby, you could argue there's probably six figures worth of people that want to own his autographs. And some people own, you know, I know a guy who owns 100 of them. So, you know, it, it's the law of supply and demand. So bringing that to music, a lot of people go, uh, oh, you know, Beatles are super rare. No, I Beatles are are, are they are rare in general. It's not like Babe Ruth. Not a lot of people were asking musicians for autographs, but the Pink Floyd and some of these other bands, Beatles are probably one of the more common people with autographs because like Babe Ruth, a lot of people ask for it. But when you're talking about rarity, there's a couple names that really are at the top of the peak as far as band signed albums. Pink Floyd is one of them. They're a band that has had strife and there's members that are butting heads and don't like to be associated with each other. So, and they weren't um, poppy. They weren't necessarily guys that went and did uh, in-store promotions. They were true artists. So super duper rare, especially like wish you were here, this album here, if I had to give you like a pop on it, I think maybe there's five to 10 completes known to exist. Maybe. Uh, and of those, some of them are sloppily signed. So you have David Gilmore and Roger Waters were the two main guys in Pink Floyd that wrote the songs and were the main collaborators. They, quite frankly, they dislike it. They hate each other. And so to get them both to sign the same album is actually difficult. And there's a number of, of uh, albums. In fact, maybe in our, in our next uh, encounter in September when we talk, we're going to have an album where Roger Waters actually signed the album, realized Gilmore was on the album, and then scribbled out his name. <laughs> scribbled out his own name. It's like, oh, uh, David's on here. I don't want to be a part of this. So you have this band, this iconic band that everybody loves. And there's a scarce amount of, of signed material out there on them. And it's obviously, as we've discussed, uh, you know, music autographs have kind of 
exploded onto the scene of collectibles. You know, they've really gained momentum in the last few years, like a lot of things. And um, Pink Floyd is some of the rarest of the rare. Yeah. What I like about this piece, and this might sound silly to you, but you can tell me if it is or if it's actually a thing when it comes to collecting autographed record albums is you're looking at like, I like how we've got two autographs in nice bright blue, two are in black. You can tell that these two are, are different pens, but I like the color variation in the autographs myself. It it makes it, it just makes them pop more to me and realize that these are like, as as our friend Steve Grab from Beckett Authentication with Services would say, live ink. Like I can just tell that this is live ink and I'm no authenticator, but I like that there's different colors. How does that work into value, if at all? Well, aesthetics is, in any collectible, aesthetics is important. You know, I mean, I, I've sold another version of this where uh, a couple guys signed in silver on the white. And it actually doesn't look terribly bad, but obviously silver on a lighter colored item is not your optimal color you want to have. Um, so that is uh, an important part of of albums or really of anything is the aesthetic appeal of the signature placement, signature quality. And in particular, this album, you know, uh, came out in the mid late seventies. I don't know the exact date, but the signatures are kind of of the time period, maybe like maybe late, maybe Gilmore's late seventies uh, and the other guys are sometime in the eighties, maybe even possibly waters in late eighties, early nineties but um, nicely signed. And you see some of these albums, like I said, we're gonna have an Animals album in the next auction signed later on. The band has riffs and it's sloppily signed and it just, it's Pink Floyd complete. And it's desirable if you, you know, if you're looking for Pink Floyd, you know, they're hard to come by, um, but it's, you know, it's not nearly as nice as this. And that's one of the nice things about this album is it's aesthetic appeal. It's really clean. Well, you're certain. I mean, listen, you mentioned earlier that if you had to guess on the pop, it'd be like five or six. You just said you've sold a couple. So you've, you, I mean, I see you as the premier auction house for this kind of item. At least that's my perspective. And sounds like you've seen, you know, uh, half of the ones that now, I mean, I know you guessed at the total pop, but you know, you've seen a few. So if anyone's going to know kind of what what a good one, what a good looking one is, uh, that's going to be you. And that would be this one here. Current bid is at five thousand three hundred and seventeen dollars. Three days left. You can register, view and bid on these items at iconicauctions.com right on the screen in front of you. And uh, with that, let's go to the the second item that we're going to look at. Lot number two. So yeah. these are cool. I'll just go, we'll go to the top. Kobe Bryant game used photo match, dual signed and inscribed Nike sneakers. We know they were worn versus Utah in a 26 point performance on December 27th, 2011. And you've got, again, several different authenticators on there. Uh, I mean, look at, look at this pair. You've got the date, you got the points, you got the, I guess that's on the sneakers, the autographs right yeah. here on the code. Signed them. Double sign. Each shoe is signed twice. Is that what we're seeing? No. Uh, so the on the back side where you see the Kobe's, those are imprinted on the shoe. That's branding. Okay. But e yeah, each shoe is signed by him and inscribed on the back side, which is, I mean, listen, they're Kobe Bryant photo match game use shoes. Wow. Those are, you know, that's as good as you could get with Kobe. But one thing to really note about these is I've seen a lot of them where they're signed. But not only did Kobe sign these, 
he added the date and how many points he got. And that's pretty cool. You don't see that on a lot of game use stuff with him. It's primarily either unsigned or it's just signed by him without any type of inscription that's relative to the game usage. And I mean, that's, he, um, yeah, I mean, he had a, he had a, a pretty solid game. It, you know, it wasn't the 81 point game. It's even got, yeah, that's cool on the bottom of it. The attendant, you know, put uh, like a sticker across to note the date and, uh, you know, wh- wh- where the shoes came from. And then um, uh, Pan- he signed them through Panini. So that was his exclusive uh, towards the end. He was transitioned from UDA to Panini. And so th- that was his exclusive distributor for, uh, you know, for his autograph. And they, they did uh, distribute some game use stuff, including, I imagine, that's where these shoes originated from as they were released by Panini. Because Panini actually notates not just the autograph, but the game usage on their COA. You got Beckett for the autographs to hammer it home further. And you got sports investors uh, who went in there and did the the exact match. And you know, when it comes to game use stuff, I love seeing game use stuff. And I understand, uh, you know, being a collector along with being an auction guy, you know, you see stuff, it's game used, it's got great provenance. Let's say it's a PSA letter if it's a game used bad or you got these guys' letters. But there is that kind of sense of, ah, you know, like if it doesn't have the photo match, you know, you go, gee, like that would be awesome. In this case, all the boxes are checked. You know, and, and to me personally, you look at where Jordan is at when there's photo matching. Shoes go for six figures. Jerseys are going for seven figures. You know, to think that like shoes like this are going to go for somewhere in the mid five figures, probably, I don't know, probably 20, maybe 30 in the 20, 30 K range. You know, to me, that seems like there's a lot of value there, given the mystique of Kobe and the greatness of Kobe. Um you know, to have something that's exactly matched to a performance he had. Yeah, yeah. It's a really cool offering here. One bid so far, $5,000. So you think that that's going to climb up between now oh, and Saturday? Yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't imagine. You know, one, you know, one thing, Jared, that while we're talking about it, um, to let people know, with our auction, um, a lot of times you'll see the bids escalate, like any auction it'll escalate towards the final couple hours. But really one of the reasons for that is because kind of unlike a lot of other auction houses, I think there's one or two others that do it this way. But when we go into extended bidding, we don't limit people on how, on what they can bid on. As long as the auction's open, as long as the countdown clock is going, whether you place the bid now or you place a bid with 10, with, you know, five seconds left on the clock, you can you can bid on any item in the auction. And I feel that's an opportunity for collectors because a lot of times, and I mean, I'm sure you can attest to this uh, being a, a buyer of items yourself, you might line up a, a pool of items you want to buy in an auction and then uh, you bid on them. And let's say you get outbid, the auction's rocking and rolling and you're just browsing around and there's something you overlook. You go, oh man, I, I would have bid on that, but you know, there's a restriction. I can't, I haven't bid before the extended bidding period. We've dealt with that enough. And I kind of looked at it from the perspective of, uh, you know, a a bidder and go, gee, why would I want to eliminate an opportunity for a bidder to get involved in an auction if the auction's still going on? So key point for people to remember, 
what we call um, open-ended bidding during our extended bidding. You can bid on any lot at any time in the okay. auction. Okay, good. Thanks for that. Let's get into the next item. This is lot number four. And this is cool. And a 2005 yeah. 6 SP game used extra significance dual autograph Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan. And I mean, you, you know, you know, I'm a card guy. I love, yeah. I mean, this is a beautiful, I, I mean, this is a beautiful card. Amazing. You got Holofoil coming here, the logo of the, the branding right there, the card, the players' names. These autographs look amazing. I noticed right away that Beckett has given the autograph a grade of a nine. The only reason for that that I can see, and this is why they do it, is because Michael Jordan, the last the last stroke there, goes to the edge of the card, and because yep. of that, they penalize it. I don't I don't necessarily think that's worthy of penalizing the autograph. It's his autograph. He held the card. He 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 signed it himself. These are beautiful autographs. A absolutely stunning card. You got all the right colors. You got the right play. I mean. I think you know a lot of people would say I'd rather have Le I'd rather have LeBron over Michael Mike Magic Johnson, not me. I want Magic Johnson and I want Michael Jordan. They played against each other. There was a passing of the baton almost. I love this card. How about you? Same here. And I've actually been. It, it's nice to kind of see this one in our auction because the uh, the consigner I've been working with for uh, quite a while, and he was on the fence about uh, consigning it, and finally. Uh, he decided the time was right for him and he consigned it. So this is kind of one that's been in the works for literally, I don't know, a year, year and a half. Um, but getting to your point, I mean, a lot, I've seen a couple shows lately and a, a couple commentaries and basically people have broke it down to, yeah, LeBron's great, but LeBron is kind of his own beast. He's kind of a, uh, he could play all kinds of positions, but magic, if you're talking about the greatest, in fact, I think what it was, Steph Curry, somebody tried to say Steph Curry was the greatest uh, guard of all time. And, and they said, no, Magic Johnson was. And I think even Curry iterated that himself, that Magic's the greatest guard of all time. Again, a guy kind of like LeBron, he could play all the all the different spots. But really, if you look at his resume, you look at all the the juggernauts he had to go up against, the Bird Celtic regime. The Isaiah Thomas Pistons, uh, the Jordan against and the Bulls, yeah. you know, he went up against the best of the best. He was the best to do it. He, for the longest time, held the uh, all time assist record. And then on the flip side of it, you know, I, I'm a Laker fan. I love LeBron. But you can't argue that Jordan, in my opinion, is the greatest of all time. So to me, you have the greatest player of all time. You have magic who's the greatest uh the greatest point guard of all time and the combination of the two having one of the great, greatest rivalries or really kind of like you said passing of a torch moment where the laker dynasty kind of gave way to the bulls dynasty in that uh, i think it was uh was it 90 91 finals if i'm not mistaken and both of them are on the same card and yeah it's also one of 20 it's the number one card in the 25 yeah yeah, the, the quote that you that you heard, I, I saw or I, I saw I heard it, or I read it as well. Whoever it was, and it was a, it was a major basketball player. Maybe it was LeBron. Whoever it was said said that uh, Magic Johnson is the best point guard of all time, but Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time. And I thought that that yeah. makes sense to me. I can that's see it. That. That's yeah. that's yeah. it. But if you're if you're talking point guard, I mean Magic Johnson's your guy. I mean he was an absolute wizard. And, you know, we've had, you know, from 
as you know, uh, the signings that happen next door, I've had the pleasure of listening to him talk and the guy is just a genius. I mean, he's just got a brilliant mind and it, it showed on the court. And, um, you know, if you're talking about, if you're talking about cards, dual sign cards, uh, you know, there's few combinations that, that could compete with. This this. is for me, this is the combo that, that I like. Uh, the second favorite for me would probably be Jordan. It would be sub out either of these guys and put on Kobe. I'd take a Kobe MJ or a Kobe magic. LeBron doesn't even, I mean, LeBron's great, but he's, comes in later for me so yeah. okay this card is currently sitting at thirty six hundred and thirty dollars for bid so far and like all the items in the auction three days one hour and four minutes left to get your bid in okay let's uh we're gonna go to the next item before we do steve thompson says jeff i have a question about a lot not sure when you will be taking questions steve thompson feel free to pop it in the chat and yeah. we'll get to it uh, as soon as we have a break in between in between items you let and me know that, and thank question you. And we'll tend to it. Yeah, and, and anyone else that has questions, if you are going to the Iconic Auctions website, and I'm going to put the link in the chat one more time just to get it to the top. There it is. You can click on that. It'll take you right to all the all the items. And if you have any questions on any of them, put them in the chat, and we will uh, we'll definitely address them. All right, next item. This is lot number five, Marilyn Monroe assigned three and a half by three and a half vintage photograph it is encapsulated and authenticated by psa you can see it right here autograph right there she's looking pretty as always i think i can say that why not she's looking she's maryland she's she maryland. stunning i mean it's Marilyn Monroe. yeah that no doubt no doubt look ah she's just a, a very yeah a very pretty lady i'll leave it at that yeah. but um uh i'm gonna read this it says uh, it's a black and white photo personally signed by Marilyn. Minor fading to the autograph, but overall in fine condition. Comes encapsulated and authenticated by PSA DNA. Makes it a nice handy piece to move around. It's got a stamp on the back from the original issuance. And um, why don't you educate us, Jeff, a little bit, if you will, on you know the rarity and the importance of a Marilyn Monroe autograph. So Marilyn Monroe, it, entertainment autographs are a unique uh, type of thing because over time, unlike sports where the guys of the past are always remembered, like, uh, none of us have ever, uh, nobody alive, I think at this point would have seen, uh, Honus Wagner play baseball, actually play baseball. Somebody might've seen him coach because he coached into the thirties and forties, but you know, his career was over by the late teens, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll, we'll go on a limb and say pretty much nobody's ever seen him play. But everybody knows who he is. In entertainment autographs, kind of a harsh reality happens in that as time goes on, people really don't go back and revisit super old movies. People kind of forget about them. They go into the tank and there's like a pyramid that happens and only a select few people become immortalized icons that can kind of transcend generations. Marilyn is one of those people. Even though Marilyn's movies all happened in the 50s and 60s, most of us probably haven't seen it or, some, you know, she's got such a following. A lot of people have, but the average person probably has never seen a Marilyn movie. Everybody knows who she is. I mean, her story is, uh, you know, Mara, it's got that part fairy tale, part tragedy. And she's one of the most coveted autographs in all of, of Hollywood autographs. 
um, you know, kind of created the, uh, you know, the glamour icon of sorts and, you know, women want to be her guys love her, you know, uh, love looking at her, but, um, she's super collectible has held and grown in value. And the cool, super cool thing about this that I like is it's clearly a candid photograph that was taken by her. If you look at her, she's dressed to the nines, got her jewelry on probably at a premiere or some type of Hollywood gala. So this conceivably was taken either by a fan or a photographer. And, you know, keep in mind back in that day, it's not like now where, you know, they have those uh, Polaroids or cameras. You could just whip it out right away and get somebody to sign it. Somebody had to go develop this and then locate her and get her to sign it days, weeks later. So, you know, I mean, and that's, that's kind of a cool thing too. I mean, this is, this is a one-on-one. -on -one. This is an original candid photograph uh, of her. She's looking beautiful. It's nicely signed by her. You know, there's spots where, you know, we sometimes just got to use a more generalized word. There's fading, but I think it, what it is more so is that she used like a fountain pen and fountain pens on glossy photos can be hit and miss on how the ink picks up. So there's a few light spots where it just didn't really pick up, but still beautifully signed, you know, cuts are nice. But when you can kind of get that that compactness of a cut, but you actually get the image of a person, especially a person where an image is so uh, important to who they are, like Marilyn, and you get it signed, it's just super cool. It's something, this is the type of piece where I look at that as something where if I'm a collector of cards or sports memorabilia, it translates over because it's got the encapsulation factor. It's a photo, smaller photo, and um, it's just cool. I, I like and it. She was married to Joe DiMaggio, who and she's married are, to Joe DiMaggio. Us yeah. baseball card collectors are very interested in Joe. At least I am. If you collect vintage, you yeah. love it. So there is that that uh, connection as well, which I think is really cool. Really quick, give me just an, an idea. Like you mentioned that when it comes to Babe Ruth, you know, there's thousands of his autographs out there. Are there thousands of Marilyn autographs out there, or is her autograph like how how tough is it relative to other movie stars and celebrities of her era? Um, so she was, she was an accommodating signer, but she is fairly scarce, especially things that are not. So there's checks out there on her that are signed. And if I had to guesstimate a pop on those couple hundred that I've seen, or that I, I would imagine, because I know I've seen dozens of them and there's, you know, obviously many more that I've never seen, uh, but signed photos, cuts, things like that, where people actually went to encounter her. Man, I mean, you know, there's probably, I would guesstimate, less than 500 authentic items that are floating around. And especially you, then you start to think of how many people would want Marilyn's autograph. You know, it's really a, a limited populace. And, yeah. and photos, especially on her, photos are very rare, even though obviously that would be the ideal thing to have on her. A lot of secretarial signed stuff on her so the real true authentic autograph especially signed photos super rare right on okay uh steve thompson i see your comments uh let us know if you have a question to go along with it next item is all right here let's take a look at this george washington you guys george washington it's a signed 1785 that's not a price that's a year the year 1785 Society of Cincinnati Membership Induction Certificate, America's first exclusive military order. 
gets an autograph, comes with PSA DNA, letter of, authentic, of authenticity. George Washington inducts one George Tudor as president of America's first military order. I mean, there's lots to read here. Go onto the website and read it. I'm going to hover over the item and I'm going to go back to you again, Jeff. Um, let it talk. You know, you're going to tell us about this item. We all know who George Washington was and his importance in history. But what I'd like you to focus on is the importance of the item that the autograph is on and then scarcity and rarity and those things. I think that's what people are interested in. Absolutely. We all know who George Washington is. And even if you followed or you watched the last show, we had another significant Washington piece as president of the United States, an appointment. This has got a little bit of a different twist. So Society of Cincinnati basically was the first brotherhood or first organization, almost like a veterans association. And basically what it was is it was a conglomeration of, of vets of the Revolutionary War. So the kind of cool thing about Washington is obviously he was the commander in chief and he was the general, the lead general of the revolutionary forces. Then he became the first president. And now essentially he was the, he was the president of the society of Cincinnati. And it, you know, it was a basically an exclusive club that was created for revolutionary war veterans. And of course, who's going to be president of this club other than, their head honcho, George Washington. So there's a lot of, in the realm of historical uh, memorabilia, there's a lot of factors that attract people to these. First off, they're scarce. Um, I've maybe seen a dozen of them or so, uh, and they're condition sensitive. While this one isn't, you know, the signature isn't a 10, I can tell you on the majority of them, they are done on, on vellum, on this big vellum, in fact, uh, just to give you an idea of size, I mean, here I am. Here, here's the piece. I mean, it's it's a let pretty me spotlight. Good... You let me just spotlight you for a second. Yeah. All right. You know, so here's my head. Here's the piece. It's it's a big document, big ornate document. And two, if you look at the uh, the ornateness of the document and the engravings, this was not a document that was easily done back in the day. Like this took time to create they didn't have photoshop so ornate documents that's another thing about this the society of cincinnati is really kind of the first form of ornate documents that was created and um um a lot of the signatures are non-existent like he signed them and they've essentially faded off in the oblivion people displayed them back in the day or whatever so uh, one like this where the signature is visible it's very clean a lot of them because a uh, little known fact, um, a lot of times live vellum from back in the day was basically animal skin that they had. If I'm not mistaken, it's deer skin that they kind of flattened out. So there's that element of, you know, some of them kind of turned colors and some of them didn't. This one stayed relatively clean. And, um, you know, if you were to frame this uh, and, and, you know, put it up somewhere, archival framing, UV glass, please. Um it's, it's a beautiful piece. And Washington's signature is just as coveted and iconic as Ruth or Monroe, if not more, because he's friggin' George Washington. George Washington. Yeah. Jake, Jake Dahl says, wow, that piece was from the 1700s. Crazy how it survived all these generations. Yeah. It's a yeah. special piece, though. It's crazy, but I'm not surprised that that's the kind of piece that survives. 248 years, if I'm doing my math right. Right? 
1785 to 248. Yeah, 15, yeah. 15, uh, 30, 30, yeah, 238. Yeah. Or two, two, yeah, 238, 238. You're right. You're right. Wait, 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 wait. What year is it from? Seven, yeah, yeah. Right. You're right. 238. 238. Yep. We're currently at 5,000 to one bid so far. So lots of time on this as with He's looking for Shohei Otani balls. The ball, it says, I guess he's reading the description. It says the ball was played in the Rockies Nationals game and Shohei signed it. I thought it was unique because he doesn't play for either team. Should we go look at the lot itself and sure. see? Let's go look for the lot. I'm just going to search for it on the main page here. I'm thinking got a number of Otani pieces in there. So, uh, lot, which lot did he say it was? 277 right here i'm going to open it up and so let's see uh, rawlings major league played may 29th between rockies and nationals probably uh in fact thank you for pointing that out probably a no it says rockies and nationals huh i'll have to take a look at that because that doesn't uh what is the uh can we see the uh the hologram number on that I'm going to bet that that's probably an error in our, in our imaging. And because it's clearly signed on an angels commemorative ball. Nine. Yeah. Nine, two, eight, four, six, two. I don't know if it matches. Oh, nine, two, eight, four, six, two. We also, but we also have a Juan Soto ball in the auction. So probably a logistical error there. They had the wrong sec two images. Cause as you can see on that one, it's an angel 60 year, commemorative ball so definitely an angels baseball probably just need to go in there and revise the couple images appreciate you letting us know about that we'll get that fixed tonight all right good there you go there you go all right thanks uh steve for bringing that to to uh, iconics attention all yeah. right let's go to the next item oh this is cool all yeah. right this is a beatles Group signed, please, please me, record album with excellent provenance, Beckett, Authentication, JSA, and Siazzo. Did I say that right? Siazzo. Frank Siazzo. LOAs. Lots, lots of text here to read if you're going to visit the site yourself. And here is the item. We have the autographs look to me, Jeff, to be on the back. Is that the, that's the back of the album versus the yeah. front? Yeah. How did and I'm curious about that from a display perspective. I think I'd rather the autographs be on the front and the white area so I could display it. But what is, how do you feel about this and how do your, your customers like it like this? Well, obviously you'd want it on the front, but I'll see if I can get this to show. This is the album. As you could kind of see, the front is super glossy, okay? Now this is 1963, I believe, when this album came out. Looking for a day. I'm pretty sure it's 63 when this came out. So you got the super high glossy album. These guys are using ballpoint pens at that time. Ballpoint yeah. pens on super glossy covers don't work. And they probably signed a couple on the on the front side, realized it didn't work. And so then they put it on the back side because the back side, while they're the tip here or the edges are super glossy, the, the fold over the cover, the cover itself is actually a, a dull finish. So they could sign it easy with a ballpoint pen with ease. So in the case of this album, Sharpies were not, I think Sharpies technically existed, but weren't in, in mainstream form yet. Um, so 
please please me is I, I use this term loosely the most common signed Beatles Beatles album there's probably a couple hundred signed examples again using the Babe Ruth comparison how many people want to own a Beatles signed album versus how many are in existence there might be a couple hundred in existence thousands and thousands of collectors would want to to own a Beatles album so but ultimately that's that's as good as you're going to get is is the backside um so you know it's just one of those things but out of those out of these please please me's a lot of times these were gotten by young girls they met them you know at events i think they did a couple signings early on um and so a lot of times these things are chewed up they've been stained the the guys inscribed them to Susie to Elena you know to uh to Diane whatever um a lot of times they signed in the writing where it's hard to see this is definitely one of the cleanest nicest versions of that album that are out there it's well, not know, it's not I, inscribed if but, I were to if I were to own this piece, I would want to, what I would probably do is I would have it framed up similar to the way that you're displaying it on the website right here. Bingo. I would either take an image of the front of the cover and print it on nice paper and put it with the back, or I'd get a separate copy of an old copy and put it in there as well. Would you ever, and this might sound crazy, but I'm going to ask, would you ever take the album jacket and cut it so you have the front and the back showing together? Or is that like the worst thing you can do to the thing? Would you take uh, a card and split yeah. it in two and put the, you wouldn't want to do that. I, yeah. I've actually dealt with a, piece, a few pieces. Sometimes people would take things to the framer, like signed albums. Back, speaking of it, a Pink Floyd album I dealt with, an album that was worth complete, uh, probably 12 to 15 grand. And somebody had taken their piece to the framer and the framer had sliced off the back to make it like more flush. And so it was just the cover we end up selling the cover for like four or five grand, which isn't isn't chicken scratch, but uh, you know what's that a sixty percent drop in value or something yeah. like that. So with with this, what you'd want to do if you're going to display it is just get another. You could go on eBay and buy an original vintage. Please, please me. They're not terribly expensive, and uh, you could display the front side so people see it along with the signed back side. Yeah, that's what I would do. But I mean, sure. look at the signatures as you're going through it. They're nice and vibrant. They're probably, well, you know, eight nines, maybe nine tens in some cases, Uninscri uninscribed. Um, you know, the, the, the cover itself is clean. There's a lot of those. And we've sold some of them where, I mean, you could just tell there's been a lot of, of handling way more mm -hmm. than you'd want. The George Harrison is beautiful. The John Lennon, I mean, I just to see a John Lennon autograph, I get I get chills just looking at it. Yeah. Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr. Ringo couldn't have signed a bit more up there, you know? That was kind of Ringo's spot. There's okay. very I've seen very few where he signed it outside of his spot was like right below which makes sense, I guess. Now I'm looking at it. It's right below his name. Right by his name. Yeah. But or yeah, right, right. He signed right, uh, you know, right below his printed name. Yeah, but he signed into the writing. But that's Ringo had a tendency. If you look at Beatles group signed items, whether it was intentional or not, Ringo's always the guy who signs in the writing or happened to sign in the dark area. That's just one of Ringo's attributes, I guess. Yeah, well, 
just one of his things one of, yeah. one of the way he is well, that's that's a really really cool piece. And, All right, and currently at uh, sixteen thousand five hundred dollars, three days only, three days and forty four minutes left now. Everybody, this auction ends on Saturday, September the second. Let's go to the next item that we're reviewing. Lot number thirty eight, Ty Cobb handwritten and signed note with interesting content regarding his signature. Uh, all sorts of LOAs here again. I mean, there's the autograph tie at the bottom. Dear Chris, so, well, it looks like I'm yeah. not going to read it all, but I'm going to read it for you real quick. It's what? a quick. I'm going to read it for you real quick because it's a Please. quick read. But the cool thing about this, not the most valuable piece in the auction, okay? But it's direct content related to him signing autographs. So he wrote, "Dear Chris, well, did not notice your direction of signing until after it had signed." Though I never in autographing signed my legal signature, Tyrus R, out as I have signed yours. So, you know, Ty Cobb, as you probably know, if you know Ty Cobb, was known to be, he's got that bad rep of being one of the bad boys of baseball. You know, they, I know that they've, uh, the movie, the movie about him with Tommy Lee Jones playing him, they basically made him out to be a real asshole, to be blunt with you and be a real rough guy. But amazingly, he signed a lot of his correspondence. And I've seen beautiful letters where he's interfaced with kids, where he's kind of grumpy and like, I really don't have the time for this. You should go get a coach to tell you, but here's my tips on how to play baseball or something. So here's something where, you know, a fan or I don't know if it's a kid, but a fan wrote him, asked him to sign something and specifically asked him to write Tyrus R. Cobb. And he realized that he didn't do that for this guy after signing for it. And then he takes the time to write out a letter to let the person know <laughs> that he almost like he didn't apologize, but he explains himself out. Like, you know, Ty Cobb took, I don't know, 10 minutes out of his life to respond to this request, you're not going to get, no. he's Ty Cobb. He's one of the greatest baseball players of all time. My personal opinion, the greatest of his generation. Um, you know, it's it, it just, it's, it's a unique thing in that it relates to autographs. He, he talks about signing for, for the person and it's just, it, it's, um, it's very personal. You know, it, it's just a moment in time where he's explaining his manner that he doesn't sign Tyrus R. Cobb like he signs legal documents. He just signs things Ty Cobb. Well, I love that it's on his own stationery. I yeah. also love that you're getting, you're actually getting two Ty Cobb autographs on this one page. You're getting Ty down here and you're getting Tyrus R. up over here. Like, And that's, that's the, the last thing I was going to say is the funny thing too is in explaining himself that he doesn't write Tyrus R. He writes it. <laughs> he essentially gives the guy what he wants at the yeah. end. And you wonder if he did that knowing that or if it was just completely a sublime yeah. thing that happened. Well, I gotta say, so far, this is my favorite piece in the auction. And I mean that and I and not not listen, it's only right now $484. We just saw yeah. a piece of 16.5, but for me, this is so darn cool. It doesn't have to be worth thousands, tens of thousands, or hundreds of thousands of dollars to be cool. I've sold some tremendously cool things that go for a couple hundred. Now, this will probably go for over a thousand dollars, maybe even two. I don't know. But um, again, not the most valuable thing in the auction, but cool. It's got a story behind it. It's intriguing. It's kind of 
kind of humorous. Well, and and again, back to the hobby that we're in, which is, you know, cards and autographs. This, the subject matter being about signing makes it, if this was just about, it was great seeing you and your family at the yes. gala or at the dinner, uh, you know, be well, not as interested that he's talking about signing. I love it. I love this piece, Jeff. It's so cool. Yeah, it is. All right. Uh, and just back to Steve Thompson says, uh, darn it, I thought that was unique and was really thinking about bidding. Well, still consider it, Steve, but uh, either way, glad to have you on the show today. Yep. All right. Next item we're going to look at, this is a the Eagles group signed Hotel California 1976 test pressing album with the JSA letter of authentication. The Eagles, I mean, listen, they're, they, my... The song I know them best for, Hotel California, I'm actually going to be flying to California tomorrow and staying at a hotel in California. So the timing is good. Tell us about this piece. And again, scarcity of the Eagles. And it looks like it's signed on the back again. But no, it's it's actually not. So that's the cool thing about this. This is a test pressing. So test pressings are before they go to press, before they develop artwork or anything. What this was is actually it's a test pressing, but what they did is in order to get an early jump on promoting Hotel California as an album, they actually printed up a bunch of test pressing copies and sent them out to various radio stations and DJs across the country to get early play and get early feedback on the album itself. So it's kind of cool in that, you know, nowadays you think there's this separation, you know, I kind of lump in DJs with the media and what you really don't realize is like back in the day, like we, we had Marilyn Monroe, there was a relationship with photographers back in the day in Hollywood were basically the press were power brokers. They were empowering these people to become famous. And so in turn, the, uh, you know, like Marilyn Monroe would, would, would interact with them and ask them to come take photos of her places because that's what helped her get famous. The flip side of it is back in the day, the main way you're going to get uh, exposure to your, your music is if you get play on radio. Who are the power brokers in radio back in the 70s, 80s, 90s when radio was really relevant was the DJs because they're the ones that, that press play. And also the station managers would give narratives to DJs. So Mark, who this is, if you notice, they, somebody, one of these guys wrote at the top, Mark, thanks. Um, they knew somebody at one of these radio stations and sent it to the guy for him to, to hear, give them feedback, and then hopefully give to the DJ to play in the, the, the round so that people would be aware of an album coming out. They go to the record store and buy it. So it's a cool thing. And that's not, you know, you don't have that dynamic anymore. First off, radio has kind of evolved more into satellite, but you know, now you have the internet, people can self promote back then you had to rely on the media. You had to rely on, on DJs and stuff to promote your, your records. Yeah. It, I think it's cool. You know, first of all, I love, I love hotel California. Second yeah. of all, Don Henley over here and uh, Glenn Fry over here went on to have amazing solo careers. Is that Joe Walsh? Is that the Joe Walsh? The Joe, Joe Walsh. Walsh. Like, this is an all-star lineup here. You're getting five autographs. Yeah. I, again, you know, I I'm learning here, Jeff. And to me, I'm I'm really while I'm learning, I'm glad you explain. You know what the test press is. 
I'm also just uh, enamored by these pieces. So this is really cool. $1,815 right now. And um, anything, yeah, I I'm good on this piece. Any more on this piece before we go to the next item? No, just cool. It's one of those things. There's more than meets the eye. Is where, you know, you look at it, you go, a oh, blank white cover signed by the guys. But no, I mean, it was a blank white cover for Hotel California for uh, conceivably this album was used potentially on the air to help promote the album to make it what it was. So you get the record itself, the test yeah. press record. Yeah. You get the, the 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 blank jacket that it's in. So yeah, I would display this. I'd put the album over here, the autographs over there, and uh, and go get a cover of Hotel California and put it in there too, right? Like there you go. That's the fun, that's the fun part of all this is how are you going to display these pieces? So really yeah. cool. All right, let's go to the next one. I don't even know what's next. All right. Oh, I love it. Like I don't know if you know, but if I could only see one concert right now it's eminem like i'm i love i'm a fan of eminem okay so, i didn't know that about you yeah i'm a i'm i love eminem so All this right. is an eminem unique detroit tigers custom signed baseball jersey mart mathers with the backwards e that makes sense for marshall mathers number eight autograph on the eighth he's got a great autograph says shady right there i love it 750 only wow but again Jared? i don't as a yeah. fan of them, okay, what's the significance? There's obviously Mathers. Do you understand the significance of the backward Z? What about the eight? Well, why would it, he be number eight? Eight mile, baby. There you go. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And to all, like, that's what made me like fall in love with, I don't say him, like, I don't love the guy himself. I don't know him. Yeah. But, the movie Eight Mile, I found it very inspiring. You know, underdog story, that kind of thing. And oh yeah, I, and the music was so good. That soundtrack, I love it. So Academy big, Award winning. Yeah, he won an Academy Award for that. He was, he was great. He was, I love that movie. Brittany Murphy in there too. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Who played his mother? Uh, Man, I, I I just saw the movie in the theater. I remember Brittany Murphy, but I, I remember it was a good actress who played his mom, but I don't remember off the top. I can of see her face. The name just isn't coming to me, but this is a really cool piece. So what can you tell tell us about it? Like it says it was a custom jersey for him. Do we know, did the Tigers give it to him? Did he have it made? No, I think it's just something that a autograph collector was smart enough to assemble and get that, you know, get sewn up. And Thank you, Facebook user. Ah, there you go. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's Knew right. Knew it, but forgot it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, M is good with his fans, but he's one of the biggest stars in music. And so there's a buffer between him and the general public. The guy's got bodyguards. He gets mobbed wherever he goes. So it's very hard to get him to sign. In fact, most of what you see that's out there is he'll do – drops periodically on his website, sell a limited number of signed uh, albums or lithos or whatever, but anything outside of that scope that's just street signed, very rare, to, hard to come by and getting pretty, pretty pricey these days because he's kind of coming, it's coming at weird point. I remember seeing uh, a promo for him on TV when his late at night, when I was a kid in high school, right out when I was getting out of high school, they would play promos to promote the, was it the Slim Shady LP is the first one with Hi My Name Is? Yeah. They were trying to promote him through like almost like like uh, TV marketing. And then he took off and became a megastar. 
Um, you know, so it's just kind of crazy that he was TV promoted and now he's pretty much one of the biggest stars of his generation in music. So super rare. I've never seen another Jersey like this. It would be insanely difficult to try and get him to sign something like this nowadays, because one, you got to put a silver pen in his hand, then ask him to sign on the number. So I do know there's some collectors that, had, you know, before he really got inaccessible, had access to him and he would take a liking to some guys. So I imagine he signed this before he really kind of one, he's, he's reclusive, but two, he's just buffered. He's got, he's got security and you're just not, if you were walking down the street and you happen to see him walk into a restaurant, you've got very slim chance you'd actually be able to walk up to him mm. because he's got guys stationed at the corner of a restaurant. And if somebody's walking towards him, boom, they'll go right over. Just like, I don't know if you saw Messi when he plays soccer, yeah, soccer. he's got a bodyguard that's on the field there. If anybody tries to run the field that he'll, he'll tackle. Yeah, that guy's a Navy SEAL. I saw as yeah. well. Yeah. Pretty yeah. crazy. And I can assure I, I, you he's got heavy duty security guys with, with plenty of credentials. I like how you said a, a slim chance of getting him uh, to sign being slim shady. The yeah. other thing that I, that I noticed is that when I look at the letter of authentic of authenticity from PSA, this is an older letter of authenticity. I can tell because I see Steve Grad and Brian Sobrero and yep. Zach Rulo. I see I see the old crew on there that are all at Beckett Authentication Services now. So yep. consistent with what you said. I mean, listen, Eminem's been a huge star for many years now, but this is at least six or seven years old because that's when those guys left PSA and went over to to Beckett Authentication Services. So. Absolutely. a little more consistent it corroborates you know what your what your speculation was that this would have been maybe before he was a mega mega star so yep. really cool piece i love this piece I, I say it a lot but i do love this piece and uh would love to have something like this hanging up in my uh, in my basement all right next up wayne gretzky signed ticket from his his historic 802nd goal which put him one ahead of gordy howe for the all-time goal scoring leader in the nhl which is currently being threatened by alexander ovechkin people think alex is going to do it i'm still questioning whether alex will get there let's go go ahead what do you want to say I, that you know that i there really wasn't anything i was I, my question was going to be i was asking a question i was going to say i know ovi's on the cusp but he's got a ways to go do you think he's going to do it i personally don't now listen you're way more of a hockey guy than i am i'm a newbie in the hockey world but looking at kind of the stats and the regressions and I just don't think he's going to get there. Well, okay. So Gretzky had, let's see, all time. Gretzky got up to 894 and Ovechkin is at 822. So he is 72 goals away. Typically, I mean, listen, if he can score, if he can have two 40 goal seasons, he's going to pass it. If he has two 30 goal seasons and a 12 goal season, I think he can do it, but he has to stay healthy. And that's that's tough. That and he's old. He's already, what is he, 38 years old? It's yeah, it's it's gonna and or oh, 38. I mean, well younger than us, Jeff, but or at least me anyway. I mean, he he's, yeah, he's gonna, five, five years younger than me, but I mean, you know, I think he, I I'm 50-50 on it right now. 50 yeah. 50 that it, that it happens he's there's he has to overcome a lot of, he had a lot of things have to go right and a lot of things can't go wrong for him to get there 
And with that, I'm 50-50. Regardless, it doesn't even matter because, well, maybe it does. Maybe this, this ticket is impacted, but Gretzky did hold this record or will have held this record for over 30 years if and when Ovechkin beats it. And, and that record, you know, it's still, it's still put him over Gordie Howe, which is a major accomplishment. So either yeah. way, it's a cool piece. But let me continue reading. I kind of stopped. The great one becomes NHL's all-time leading scorer. PSA DNA, the ticket is currently sitting at only $400. It's, it's a stub. It's authentic versus great. And that might be because the bottom portion got torn off when the, when the ticket owner I just realized something too. This thing is autographed. That's amazing. But it's a stub because when the when the ticket user went through the gate, the ticket, the person working took the bottom, put it in the bin, and handed this back to the person so they knew where to where to go sit down. But this is autographed, Jeff. I didn't, I mean, I saw it, it didn't register with me until now. And that's a yeah. beautiful autograph on the stub. Uh, very cool. The autograph is PSA DNA. You can see that right there on the PSA label vancouver did win this game six to three but gretzky had one of those three goals which was his 802nd and i mean i remember that happening that was that was big news at the time and uh anything you'd like to add uh to this piece uh on the back you just clicked over and on the back you can see it also has a hologram from wga a, a official hologram from his company wga so it was done through a controlled nice signature on him uh done in a controlled signing encapsulated authenticated by psa you know if you've got access to one of these stubs which i haven't seen a whole lot of them now you've got to go try and get gretzky to sign and while he's accessible you're going to probably get a much sloppier signature than you see there it's a nice one i just want to warn everybody about this item okay if you are going to own this item you might not want to eat the one cup of world famous chicken noodle soup that this coupon entitled you to because that would have expired 30 years ago so be careful do not consume the world famous chicken noodle soup but what a great collectible piece i love it i love I it could, well and you know what the sad thing is though about that jerry is jerry's famous deli was a tremendous restaurant in la for the longest time and, uh, you know, I used to live out there and go out a lot. The chicken noodle soup was phenomenal. And it's one of those things I went back a few years ago, was looking forward to doing it, and they closed them all down. Uh, so no more. You couldn't have it if you want it. And it was you, you've had you've had the soup that was I've had the soup. on the back of the ticket. Yep. Very it's cool. phenomenal. Awesome. All right. Moving along. We've got a Martin Luther King signed 2.5 by five-inch piece of paper, PSA DNA encapsulated. Like this is, this is, you know, in baseball, the, you know, the, the, what people really, the purists, I guess, want single sign baseballs because it really pro prominently displays one person's autograph. Your eyes aren't distracted going in all, all sorts of different different directions. Not that I don't mind a multi-sign baseball, but single sign is pretty cool. This is to me kind of like the equivalent of a single sign baseball, but on flat paper, whether it's an index card or cut out of a piece of a sheet of paper like this, it's only about the autograph here. It's not on a record album. It's not on a, 
a program from an event. It's just on a piece of paper. It's encapsulated for protection. Really cool. Nice autograph. Graded an eight. Tell us a bit about this piece. It's uh, Martin Luther King Jr. cut. I mean, he's one of the most significant figures of the 20th century. Uh, I might guess would be it was probably an album page or something that was, you know, trimmed down to fit in a holder, you know, whether it was somebody else wrote something on it or something, but it just displays beautifully. You know, it's a moment in time from, you know, one of the great, uh, you know, uh, minds, one of the, one of the great uh, influential figures of, uh, you know, of the modern era, I guess you could say. American and, history. you know, his, his signature has really gained a lot of traction. It was one of those signatures where for the longest time he hovered around a, you know, 500 to $1,500 for a signature. And you kind of wondered like, gee, like he, you know, he's so significant. And, um, you know, now, I mean, we've sold, we sell cuts on him for anywhere from six to eight to as much as 10. We've sold a cut for, I think a little over 10 grand. And, uh, you know, we've sold signed letters by him in the mid five figures. I mean, he's really arrived. And there's no reason to think there wouldn't be more potential upside as time goes on. Super rare. I think he was 38 when he was assassinated, you know, something like that. And you think about, you know, being guys now that, is, you know, we're talking about Ovi and 38 is long in the rear view. Think about all what this guy did in just 38 years and how it's still reverberating today. I mean, you, you could even, you could even, go a step further and think about some of the most significant figures in sports, you know, although Jackie Robinson played to this, but you know, Michael Jordan, you know, modern day baseball, Ronald Acuna, all these guys of African-American descent. And, you know, if guys like uh, MLK weren't around, who knows what the landscape is with, uh, with society. If, uh, you know, guys like him didn't literally put it all on the line. Yeah. I mean, he's got streets named after him and, and other things oh, yeah. as well, I'm sure. So Definitely yeah. one of the bigger figures in American hit in recent American history. So, and by recent, I mean the last like 50, 60 years. So yeah, that awesome piece, $2,200 right now bound to go up more. I would have to think, I want to go back to this and just remind my, Oh, $400 currently on yeah. the Gretzky record breaking ticket. Okay. we got four more items we want to get through here. We're going to go to an Abraham Lincoln handwritten and signed civil war endorsement as president. Beckett Authentication Services encapsulated. There we have it. So what does this, what, what is this, Jeff? What does this say? What, 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 it, like, look at this. It's, it's really on a piece of, is this a piece of paper? Yeah. So it looks a little deceiving. Uh, I mean, not necessarily deceiving, but it's one of those optics where you look at it. So it's actually a pretty good size sheet. I've got it here. Oh yeah. You know, putting it next to my head, which I got a pretty big head. Uh, you know, it's a good size sheet, but it's an oversized slab. This is not a, let's see here. Here's the Gretzky. So the Gretzky's in a standard card slab. Here's Abe Lincoln. Pretty big difference. Um, but so back during the Civil War, all kinds of stuff was happening. Um, you have prisoners of war. You have guys getting arrested for a litany at not, you know, not, not going to serve all this stuff. And so this is literally a um, it, it's more of like a discharge, actually. Um, he wrote, set this boy or let this boy be discharged of 
refunding any bounty reserved. So maybe there was a bounty on some boy for one reason or another. Maybe maybe he they thought he was of age and needed to serve in the army and he didn't. And they thought he was, uh, you know, he was uh, fleeing on his obligation. So this is basically the president just, you know, and you'll see this. They're just literally sheets of paper that were probably taken off of. It could be a warrant for this kid's arrest. And they would put it in front of the president, explain to him what happened. He'd go, okay, tear off a piece and then write this order to, to, for what he wanted to be done. And then that was the law or, you know, the, the decision in the case of it relating to this kid. Uh, it's dated uh, 1864, January 5th, 1864. So civil war, right in the middle of the civil war. And he probably all day was dealing with, as he's talking the generals about strategy and finding out what's going on here and there, they'd come in and go, Mr. President, you know, we have these guys and, you know, you'll see some of them that are cool that were he'll he'll at the towards the end of the war. He would um, release uh, POWs, guys that were part of the Confederacy, uh, stuff like that. And it's just, I mean, piece of history. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's cool. I, I like that it's on an old almost like a scrap piece of paper that he had to get the message out. And that's uh, that's what he used for it. It's war, you know, when you're under, especially back then, not only are you on un, under war, but you're under a war where, you know, you the the enemy could be invading your side, and so you got to be mobile and yeah. agile, and you know, supplies are scarce, and so rather than do up a formal document, just like we just got to get this done so this kid can be set free. Very cool. Currently at three thousand three hundred and twenty-eight dollars. And this item, along with everything else on the Iconic Auctions, August auction ends on this Saturday, September 2nd. All right, let's go to the next item. Bob Marley signed 1979 Ottawa. That's a that's the capital of Canada. Yes, Ottawa, Canada concert ticket. So there it, there's the front of the ticket down there. And he's signed to Liza. All the best. Love, Bob Marley. That's cool, Jeff. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Super cool. You just don't see a lot of signed concert tickets in general, um, but especially on guys like Bob Marley um, or the Beatles or Hendrix for that matter. You just don't see it. Like, even though it seems like it would be a logical thing to have them sign, uh, you know, especially if you don't have memorabilia back and you, you encounter them. And this is cool because it kind of comes with the whole story. You see yeah. the guest pass. So this is for somebody that had access to backstage, had, got a comp, uh, the ticket's a comp ticket. If yeah, I sign. noticed there's a stamp that says complimentary across the ticket. So yeah. more, more, more to the story there. So, so Liza either was somebody that knew Marley or was with somebody that knew Marley, probably likely since she asked for his autograph, was with somebody that knew Marley and got him to sign. And he's just one of those people where, again, essentially created a genre of music or brought it to the forefront of the mainstream um, died at a young age. I think he was 36 when he died, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and there's just, there's a scarce amount of, of uh, material out there that's authentically signed by Marley. But another, another lot that comes with, you know, a couple of items, you've got the ticket, you've got the guest pass and you've got the letters 
makes for a nice framing opportunity. You know, you don't just, you're yeah. not just, you're not just putting out the, t and what I would do, here's what I would do, Jeff, tell me if you would do similar. I would obviously display the back of the ticket, but the front, I would want to make a copy of and put it beneath it. Cause I'm not going to split that. You've already taught me tonight. We don't split these things down the middle and display both. And you can't display front and back at the same time. So I would probably, you know, take a copy of it and put it there too, because I'd want to see that as well. And that, I think that would get me around it as a, as the owner of this piece. Yeah. Really cool. Or maybe, you know, since tickets are a big part of, uh, slab it. yeah, you could, you could slab, slab it, it, you know, maybe yeah, there's, there's a lot of different ways you could go with it, but I've never seen another Bob Marley concert ticket. I've seen concert programs, never, ever seen a ticket signed by him until now. Yeah. Very cool. Currently at, uh, we're still waiting for the minimum bid on this piece of $2,000. So we'll see what happens between now and Saturday. Check back on Saturday or earlier to find out. Okay. Next item is a Prince autograph, the Love Sexy album from 1988, signed at an in-store signing in Sweden in 1988. Comes with a Beckett letter of authenticity. And uh, I mean, <laughs> there he is. In his birthday suit and everything on this That's album Prince. cover. That is Whoa. Prince. So Literally, I can tell you first. Love God. Love. So yeah, that was his thing. You know, I don't, uh, he was a Jehovah's Witness. Um, you know, he was very spiritual guy. So most of his autographs say love God. Uh, but, you know, weirdly he signed, he takes the time to write love God and just writes P, P88. But so he did in um, 88, he did a tour. Uh, uh, he was about to go on tour or something. And he did two or three in-store signings, one in Sweden, one in London. And then I think he did one in New York, if I'm not mistaken, or LA. It could be print. There's Prince experts that will, would probably want to bludgeon me right now for not being exact, but he did three signings. Um, and that is where a lot of your authentic Prince material sources from, because he was one of the hardest autographs to get. Reason I know that is not only because you see just a scarce amount of stuff out there, but because I met the man many a times and uh, can tell you that he does not sign easily, even if you're uh, even if you use ingenuity. So one time when I was an in-person runner in LA back in the early nineties. I saw him three times in four days. The first time he came out of a nightclub and first off Prince, now I'm five, nine, you know, I'm not a terribly tall guy. I'm about average size. Prince is like five, one, five, two, maybe weighed 85, 90 pounds. I don't know. The guy was stick thin and looked like a munchkin walking out and he had a bevy of women with him. I mean, but it was one of those things where when he walked out of this club, like everybody stepped back like, oh, Prince is walking this way. One of the few people I've met, just about everybody that's famous, one of those guys, you saw him and you're like, whoa, that guy has a charisma. Something about him is he commands a special air. When he walks in the room, people notice. So he walks out with a bevy of girls. We ask him a sign. He says no, gets in the car. His whole outfit's all coordinated. It's all the same color. The guy's styled to the nines, leaves. I think it was the next night. We see him somewhere else, and he comes out. He's wearing an all-white suit, 
right? And he's got a lollipop in his mouth. And we ask him to sign again. He pops the lollipop out of his mouth and he goes, that's not my name. We ask Prince, Prince, will you sign? Hops in the car. Now, this is when he had a big dispute with the uh, record company. And so he was going by, if you remember, if you know Prince, he for a while was going by a symbol as his name, as a loophole to get out of his record contract. So we go, okay. A couple nights later, we, we know he's coming to another club. We get a book page and we draw out the symbol and we write, will you sign underneath it, right? And it's just me and my friend. We think, okay, he's seen us a few nights in a row. This time it's going to be in an underground garage. It's just the two of us, nobody else around. We're going to respect his wish, write out the symbol. And I, and I was like 13, 14 years old. So it's like, and I'm a kid. He'll sign for us. Pops out of the SUV. He's wearing an all black suit, right? Styled to the nines. Walking along, got a lollipop in his mouth. I go, excuse me, sir, excuse me. And I point to the uh, symbol and the request. I go, will you sign for us, sir? And he smiles, pops the lollipop out, all black lollipop. <laughs> points it at us and goes, that's good. And just keeps walking. Yeah. I met him probably four other times after. I met him probably... Well, seven, eight times, never, ever could get him to sign. Wouldn't sign under any circumstance. Oh, the poor 13-year-old Jeff couldn't get the autograph even going to, going to those lengths to, to, to appease him. Yeah, that, yeah, even getting creative and trying to accommodate for the symbol and all that stuff. Couldn't even get a, P, a, a P93 out of him or something. Yeah. And I think it was 93 when I went for him. So super rare, even early stuff. You don't see a lot of early stuff. You don't see a lot of later stuff. Prince is just rare. He has a massive following. He's, believe it or not, he's one of the greatest guitarists of all time. He's one of the most brilliant musicians of all time, whether you like his music or not. And um, he's just a tremendous autograph when it comes to music. Very cool. Well, there it is right there. Love God, Prince 88, it looks like. Yep. There's a back cover, and there's the Beckett letter of authenticity. All this right. This one was done in Sweden at the in-store in Sweden. It came direct. Consigner was... Not the person that got it, but he got it from the person that was there, and he's from Sweden, shipped it all the way over to USA to get us to sell it for him. Very good. That's very cool. Yeah. Looking for that first bit of $2,000 to get this thing going, yeah. and uh, cool piece. I've, I've seen Prince once. I was at uh, in Minneapolis at, at the bar that I think he was a part owner of called Glam Slam. This goes back, several, this goes back to the mid-'90s, probably. I was down there on a trip with some friends. And uh, he was there with, uh, I remember we see coming down the stairs from like the, the private area, CC Peniston. And, yeah, then, yeah. and then, yeah, they both came down the stairs together. It was, it was pretty cool. Okay. Pretty so cool. you saw the, uh, the, oh, yeah. the, how tiny of a man he was. Oh, I, I saw, I was, I was shocked. I was like, wow, that's, that, that's, I'm like, where's the rest of this guy? He's yeah. So cool. Yeah. Little guy. I was, I was starstruck still. I was starstruck, you know, because. Purple yeah. Rain was all the rage back then. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the uh, the final item. And that are that is Jerry Rice. These are photo-matched game-worn gloves from November 18th, 2001. Raiders versus Chargers. Used to catch career touchdown number 192. His best game as a Raider. It says Fanatics in brackets. Can you tell us? About this piece, the, I mean, oh, and they're both autographed too. So That's awesome. 
photo matching was done. And in fact, we'll have updated here in uh, probably, but before the night's over with, we just got back the full photo match letter that shows the image of him where they matched it up exactly uh, to these gloves. But I mean, gloves, you kind of go, oh, okay. Like with baseball players, you go glove. Okay. You know, even hockey club, but especially with receivers and football, to me, gloves are more significant for receivers and football than really almost all other sports because the single most important thing of why uh, receivers are significant in football is because they catch the ball. What do they have on their hands when they catch the ball? They have a glove. So the glove plays a prominent part in the, in the plays and in their, in their impact on the game. So these gloves were actually worn when he scored career touchdown number 192. You know, kind of like uh, Gretzky, there may be somebody that comes around and does uh, really well, but the chances of uh, Jerry's all-time touchdown record being broken are pretty slim. Um, we got an exact match on these. Even though 49ers uh, was his main team, he did go to the Super Bowl with the Raiders. He scored three touchdowns in this game. I don't think he had too many games where he scored three touchdowns. So, I mean, it was one of his best performances on the Raiders, but really one of his best performances ever on a football field. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think that Jerry Rice game-used touchdown-catch-worn football gloves are like the equivalent of having a baseball, a game-used baseball bat, you know, used for something significant by Mickey Mantle or having Gretzky's stick. It's, you know, one of the most important parts. It really is kind of like the equivalent of what a, a bat is for a baseball player or what a stick is for a hockey player. Yeah, I mean, the the gloves have, the, the hands of the gloves are going to have to touch the ball in order to score. In that hockey, the ball. The, in hockey, and I just want to point out right there, those are game-used hockey gloves that I have from Timu Solani from when he was with Winnipeg. Nice. Now, I, but the difference there is that the gloves hold the stick, the stick touches the puck that goes in the net, so it's one level removed from yeah. the gloves holding the off. Now in, in baseball, you know, if you're in the if you're a fielder, you're going to catch a ball for an out. That is still very important, right? But to, yeah. to catching the football with the gloves, I see what you're saying. It's, yeah. a, fun way, it's a fun way to look at it. There, and there's no discounting. I mean, still, it's a game used piece of equipment is still a game used piece of equipment by a person. But to me, I think, and I was kind of referencing, especially for like baseball batting gloves. Like you said, oh, yeah. it's a second tier. It's a second tier, but anything that has direct contact with the ball and creates the play to me is a prime item. So you could either have the ball, which probably Jerry has, or you could have the glove. So it's about the second most significant thing you could have to the play. Yeah, when you when you know, of his uh, hands. when you when you you clarify the batting gloves was like, that makes sense to me that building gloves are very significant. Yeah, fielding gloves are significant. If you, you ever notice, it's a very niche market, but it's a very, like, they go for significant money, fielding gloves. Well, we're looking for the uh, opening bid of $750 on these really cool game-used autographed Jerry Rice gloves used to catch touchdown number 192 in a three-touchdown game, as you just let us know. Right there, three touchdowns would prove to be his best game statistically during his tenure with the Raiders. Very Cool. And that's the 15th item that we were going to look at in the auction tonight, Jeff. Well, 
man, I got to say, this has been this has been so informative and uh, interesting and fun. Love love learning about these items. My I love the Ty Cobb piece. If I have to pick a favorite, it's going to be a toss up for me between. Let's just go through them one more time. The signed complete signed Pink Floyd album, which was very tough because of a a feud between which two guys? Gilmore and Waters. Gilmore and Waters. The Kobe yeah. Bryant game used shoes, both autographed, dated points, letters going along with them. We got the dual autograph, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan card. I love this. That's one of my favorites. The Maryland autoed picture, the George Washington autograph. We got the Beatles album autograph. This piece here, this Ty Cobb letter talking about autographing and how he doesn't usually use his whole name, Tyrus. And, and inadvertently, he gives the guy the whole name, Tyrus R. Really cool piece. You got the Eagles. Uh, what was this called? The Test, test Press, pressing. the Test Pressing album. Yep. Signed by Don Henley, Glenn Fry, Joe Walsh, and the other fellas too. I love this Eminem piece. The Eminem autographed Detroit Lions jersey. Mathers, number eight for Eight Mile. The Gretzky, record-breaking game used ticket stub signed by Wayne himself for the goals record beating Gordy Howe. The Martin Luther King autograph. We got the Abraham Lincoln autograph setting, like giving some, some young some young military kid his life back probably right there. Yeah. We got the Bob Marley autographed concert ticket. We had the Prince autographed album. And then the one we just looked at, the Jerry Rice autographed gloves. Awesome pieces in the auction. That's only 15 of like, what, six, seven, eight hundred items in the auction? 1150 plus. 1150 plus, almost 1200 items, you guys. To see them all, go to iconicauctions.com. You can see it on your screen right now. Just believe me and Jeff. Registered a bit if you're not yet registered with Iconic Auctions. View the items, bid for these items and the and all 1150 other ones if you'd like. Before Saturday, September 2nd, that is when this auction closes. Iconic Auction offers monthly auctions throughout the year. Is it 12 auctions a year, Jeff? Typically it is, yeah, 12 auctions a year. 12 auctions a year. They set up the national every year. Beautiful setup. They've been there since I can remember. So please check it out. Brendan Ryan says, think that we'll make molds of the player's hands to accompany those gloves, right? That would be, concept. That's not a bad, it's something in there to really show them off, to blow them up, right? That'd be pretty cool. Uh, we had a comment a bit earlier from, from Kyle NFL 18. I think this is in reference to print, to the Prince item. He says Stockholm, Hamburg, and New York. Do you know what that okay. was in reference to, Jeff? Yeah, that sounds right. So it was Stockholm, Hamburg, Germany, I guess then, and then New York. I knew it was New York or LA in the States. And I thought it was Stockholm and Lund in London. But again, like I told you, the Prince guys know I was just going off the top of my head and I'm not surprised. And that's, you know, might as well have the, uh, a correct story. So, but it, again, those three signings. And then he did, he did another signing, I think in New York when he was the symbol but that's where the most of the, the signed items from him come. Super rare. Awesome. All right. Well, want to thank everybody in the chat for joining us. Thank you for your comments and questions this evening. We'll be doing this again for the September Iconic Auctions auction. On We'll be doing it, I believe, the last Friday of September. But stay tuned to the Iconic Auctions uh, mailing list and uh, the Sports Cards Live Instagram account for updates on that. And we'll be looking at about 15 new items next month that'll be 
on the Iconic Auctions uh, auction block for that month. So I'm looking forward to it, Jeff. Thanks for joining. Any Thank final you, words before we wrap it up? Just make sure you go to iconicauctions.com. You have any questions whatsoever, feel free to reach out. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a hands-on guy. Uh, email me, jeff at iconicauctions.com. Text or call me, 951-756-1620. I'm always accessible. I'll answer any questions I, ha- I can. And if not, I'll find out the answer for you. That's great. Appreciate that, Jeff. Thanks again to you, to the chat. And with that, this episode of the Iconic Auctions live stream preview show on Sports Cards Live is now over. Thank you, everybody, and have a great rest of the week.